Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey everybody, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Jamie Tardy, um, out of, straight out of Austin, Texas. Jamie is, a, she's a great friend, and let me tell you a little, about, little bit about Jamie. She's a business coach and a speaker that has interviewed over 200 millionaire entrepreneurs. She's been featured on many major news, news outlets such as CNN, MSN, Success Magazine, and Yahoo, and she recently authored a book, The Eventual Millionaire, which we'll be talking about today, and you can listen to all of the millionaire interviews at eventualmillionaire.com. I'm really excited for this one um, because Jamie and I have, have talked about this book in the past. Jamie has been a big supporter of what we're doing, and I owe her big time uh, for that and just really love Jamie. She's just an awesome person um, outside of all this stuff. So I'm excited to get into this and really talk it, talk about and dive into the marketing portion of this book and also what this book has meant for her business. So Jamie, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Chandler. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, let's, let's go and dive in here. And I want to start by taking it back just a little bit to where a book, like where the, the, the idea of the eventual millionaire, where did that even come into play and what sparked that journey of going on and doing that? So um, way back when in writing class, I got my first C and realized that I'm a horrible writer and I should never write a book ever. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where when you're younger, you're like, oh, but you know, that's sort of a legacy thing. I really wanted to write a book. Um, funny thing is, because I was scarred for life with my only C in all of high school, I never thought that I'd ever <laughs> get a chance to write a book. And I started Eventual Millionaire interviewing millionaires, and I never thought that a book would be a thing. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, my mentors were like, books are great business cards and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 but I can't write worth crap. So why would I go down that route, right? Nobody's going to read. That's why I do interviews in person. You said that's exactly... <laughs> I'm the same exact way. <laughs> and that's, I used to write blog posts. I stopped writing blog posts. So like, I can't even do that. I can't even do that. Right. Uh, and so being able to sort of go from that. And then I started to grow with eventual millionaire and I started getting an audience and people started reading the stuff, even though that it wasn't that great at writing it, they were listening to the interviews. And it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to write a book. So I made it a goal a couple years ago. I'm going to write a book this year. You know what I mean? Who cares if it sucks? I'll get a really great editor and we'll just see how well that goes. <laughs> and it was kind of crazy the way that it happened because I didn't think about it. I set the goal, but wasn't planning on thinking about it till later in the year, just because we had so much going on. And, uh, and I had a literary agent contact me from the site and I was like, maybe I should be paying attention to this. So I ended up talking to them and it, and then I got a couple other literary agents interested. And I mean, people right now are interested in anybody that has an audience, right. That can sell books. And so uh, it was one of those things that it just sort of happened, which I know sounds wonderful to everybody and annoying because it's like, Oh great. A literary agent contacted you. Wonderful. But I did like four, three or four years of lots of hard work to get to that place. So that's sort of the beginnings of how the book came about. So did the literary agent contact you and then you said, okay, 
I'll think about doing this? Or were you kind of thinking about it and then that person contacted you? Well, earlier that year, January, I thought I wanted to write a book, wrote it on my little goals list, didn't think about it again until I think it was April of that year that the literary agent contacted me. And I was like, I mean, you, and it was his assistant. And I was like, is this real? Cause you get a lot of, you know, you get a lot yeah. of emails. And so he ended up, he was doing one of, um, it was called business model generation, which is a great book. He's the agent for that book, which is insane. Great book, which is kind of under flies under the radar, but a lot of the millionaires I've interviewed talk about it. And I was like, you have a literary agent for that. All right, let's see how it goes. So it was just sort of crazy serendipity that it happened. And now once, so once you decided you're going to do the book, you know, it's, it's funny how it was on the goal chart, then someone came and then it starts to get to fruition. Right. Um, and that's a whole nother, we could go down that path, um, but we won't for now. <laughs> um, so once you decided to do that there, you know, there's two main goals for most books, right? What you want the book to do for your customers or, and for the people that read it and what you want the book to do for you and your business. What was that for you? Well, and let me say this first. So the the whole beginning of that year was me trying to determine whether I was going to traditionally publish or self-publish. So that was me asking millionaires that were best-selling authors, me going to conferences, asking people, because I didn't know which way I wanted to go. And it, that's where the, it was kind of funny that literary agent contacted me anyway, because I was sort of going back and forth and I hadn't decided yet. So I knew that I had the content for a book. I mean, I have, I, the reason why I was on Yahoo and CNN, even before I did any of the, the interviews with millionaires is I paid off 70 grand in debt. I quit a six figure job. Like I've got one of those stories, right? That people like hearing, which is wonderful. It's not fun when you're going through it. I'm creating a story right now. Yes. <laughs> right. So I had, I had content for both my life, but also at the time I had interviewed over a hundred millionaires and you know, I mean, when you have all that content, you're like, I know this information needs to get out there because I care. One of the reasons why I started interviewing millionaires is because I care about what the people actually in the businesses are doing, not just the people writing books. Don't get me wrong. Writing books is great, but you know, it's a, it's a very different thing to take one millionaire's perspective and have it in a book versus I wanted data. I'm a big data fan. So I wanted data. What do all, what do 200 millionaires do? What do what are the sort of pieces and parts that are commonalities between them? And so the content I knew, and people had been asking me to write a book on my list, you know, like, can we just condense all this down? This is a lot of information. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> Who's got time for that? Uh, but when we started um, pulling it up, it, it just started to make business sense too. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, if I could go back, I don't know that I would do the book at the time that I did the book. Um, because there was a couple things that I needed to have put in place, but I was so gung-ho, like, let's do the book now. <laughs> Yay, let's go. Um, and, and so that's why we went ahead and did it. Because I know long term, having a book was what I was definitely going to have longer term, like eventually, 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 I'll have a book, right? Uh, it just it depended on uh, when it was going to be. And it just was sort of more serendipity of going, yes, I said I was going to do this year. Why not? So why, why would you wait till later to, to do the book if you had to go back? Yeah. So I don't, I didn't have the infrastructure in place that I really wanted to have. So I, I was a one-on-one -on -one business coach. I had some programs and stuff like that. My um, assistant at the time wasn't solid. <laughs> so we, I ended up letting her go uh, right before the book launch, which was great. 
Oh, yeah. wow. There was, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, foundational business stuff that I really should have gotten together beforehand. Um, and don't get me wrong, the process of writing a book with a publisher is a pain in the butt and very long. So I did actually have, I, I had a long period of time by the time I started writing the book to when it actually came out. The problem is I was so busy writing and editing and then marketing <laughs> that like doing all the other little stuff with this looming deadline was a little bit difficult. So there were some pieces and parts that I just wanted to have in place beforehand. I feel like I could have done a better job marketing it if I did, if I had a rock solid, like now I have a rock solid team, right? Um, if I had them launching the book, that would have been extremely helpful too. Cause for me, I'm a mom. I was working 20 hours a week. You know, it wasn't, I don't know. It was a time issue more than anything. Got it. And at that time you were, you talked about, Oh, what was the last thing I was going to touch on? Oh, you were talking about how, you know, you, you went through this whole process and, and you would do it later. And we were talking about the purposes for the book. Um, so you said for the, on the customer side, it was really condensing down all that info and saying, all right, I don't have to go to these 200 interviews. I can, I can get it in one book. And in terms of your business, what did you see that doing? Was it an authority piece? Was it to drive leads? Like what was the biggest component that you saw the book pushing into the business? A lot of different pieces. So one was definitely leads. I had an amazing network of people and not necessarily all of them would like promote my products, right? Like, Oh great. I have this thing. It's 200 bucks. Do you want a JV or something like that? But I had so many friends that even before I asked them, were like, I will totally support you. I will email for you. I will, you can do a guest post. You can do whatever you want. And that was huge. It was a great reason. People really get behind a book. They're like, Oh, you have a book. How amazing. And it's cheap enough to just sort of, you know, do a guest post on or do whatever. And it's not a big deal. It's not like they're trying to sell, sell, sell like crazy to their audience because it's really high value for a very small amount. So leads was definitely a big piece. I also wanted to do speaking a lot more. This was way back when I was like, oh, I want to do more speaking. This would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> now I'm like, okay, I don't want to do more speaking. Uh, but that's what, one of the reasons why I went traditionally published because everyone was like, well, if you want to charge 10 grand every speech, at the time I was only charging like two or 3000 or something. I'm like, I want 10 grand speech. That sounds great. Um, and so they're like, we'll do a pu traditionally published book. I used Wiley um, for my agent. I mean, for my uh, publisher. And that was sort of the main goal. Great. You're going to have a book. You'll be able to get better speaking gigs. And it's one of those things and I wish I had one with me. We're moving. So I think they're packed away. Um, it's one of those things where then, especially I have a hardcover really great looking book, right? So it, it sort of sets the authority. When I was getting into all this, there was a thousand bloggers talking about business, right? Um, and the ones that sort of rose to the top were the ones that had books, like especially traditionally published books. Danielle Laporte, when I first started, she got her book and I was like, oh, well then, how did she do, you know what I mean? Chris Gillibo had just gotten his. Um, and so I really wanted to set myself apart from all of the other, there's so many people out there. Um, so when I got a book and I got, I got to tell a lot of people, Oh, I already have a book, blah, blah, blah. They were like, Oh really? You know, it really did uh, stand out credibility wise amongst my peers, which was great. But of course amongst, you know, audiences too, when the book came out, they're like, Oh, I've read your book or, you know what I mean? It definitely creates that credibility that you're looking for. Um, and I get to check something on my bucket list, right? Like I'm like, Oh, but I, now I have a book and it's awesome. I even had my, one of the best moments and this is more personal than business side, but, um, 
having my kids read, like when I got the book and it said their name in it, they were like, my mom wrote a book, you know, they brought it to show and tell. They thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. Right. I have pictures of my son, like sitting there reading. I think he got to page 10. I don't think he, he's, he was seven at the time. I don't, I don't think he got very far, but, uh, but still it was one of those things that really felt amazing. There was blood, sweat and tears that sort of mm-hmm. went into it. Um, and it was really great um, on both sides of the fence. I love that you talked about that because that's the, that's the things that really matter that a lot of people don't talk about. Like I, for me, it was like my parents are proud of me. My friends think this is awesome. You know, it's like those things that you don't want to say that that you really care about, but you care about. Well, that's the thing too. It's so funny, and and I told you the story before because. I, I never was like that person who was like, oh my God, that book, it's so amazing. Or you know what I mean? I was like, oh cool, the book shipment came in. And I was like, oh neat, my book's here, awesome. And then I set it down, and, you know what I mean? And then I did other things. And, um, but I told you the story when I, I flew out, I knew a, a journalist at Yahoo and she had me do a bunch of uh, videos for them. So I was like trying to get as much marketing as humanly possible and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, and I just remember, like the book to me wasn't that big of a, I was like, yeah, it's a book, blah, blah, blah. Until I was in New York city. And I, I told you this, I had my assistant look for um, like a book on the shelves and it was fifth Avenue, Barnes and Noble on fifth Avenue. And we walk in and it was like right there with like, you know what I mean? Lean startup and Chris Gilbo's book and like a bunch of other, other people's books, which was so amazing and and it was one of those things where I actually got choked up which I'm not a person to ever get choked up in public like at all <laughs> right I'm like no I'm good it's tough it's cool and then I was like wow I did not think that would make any difference at all and it really did I mean they're like do you want to sign it I'm like that's kind of I just feel like that's weird I'm at a bookstore I'm like I don't want to sign that <laughs> right um and so but it but it was one of those things where I'm like how accomplished do you feel to see your book somewhere important and just be like I did that you know it was huge right now how long did it take you from April when that literary literary agent came to you to when the book was out what did that process process ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um so April we wrote up the book proposal which takes so long it was like three months just for the book proposal three or four months um, because the book proposal was almost as long as the book. It's silly the way they do it. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of it's marketing. Um, they make you do that. They also make you write two sample chapters. So there was some pieces of it. But seriously, it was like a second job. <laughs> Just the going like, okay, great. Now I have to write this whole book proposal. Then we had to edit the book proposal, which took a little while. Right? Then, so that was a, another month or two. Then in December, and of course there's so many like, doing the um i'm sure i don't know if you can hear it but they're doing the lawn out there which is lovely <laughs> of course they always do it during the times you have interviews that um, happened to me yesterday that's uh, I, it's, uh, you can't hear it really okay good <laughs> i'm glad i brought attention to it then <laughs> so um it was december it was november december when we actually submitted it to um different publishers by the time we heard we heard back in december and january from a couple our negotiations took till at least February. Um, you know, you had to hire a lawyer and all that fun stuff. And I'm a, I love negotiating. So I was one of those people who are like, give me everything. <laughs> right. I negotiated <laughs> the audiobook back and a whole bunch of other things, but um, oh, that's good. Took, uh-huh, finally. Um, but it took, <laughs> it took a while. So by the time I actually got the contract signed, it was end of February. So April, <laughs> 
to end of February the next year just to get a publisher. Funny thing is, is that while I was doing that, Natalie Sisson, who you know really well too, uh, has a book called The Suitcase Entrepreneur. She did hers um, without a traditional publisher. <sighs> I, hate, I hate talking about it because it's so annoying. Um, so she did a Kickstarter, you know, got about the same amount of money doing the Kickstarter as I did on my advance, by the way. Um, wow. I think a little bit less, but, and I negotiated the heck out of that advance, you know, they don't give a lot for first time authors. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then she started writing right away. Right. So she was writing, um, and she was able to finish and launch her book way before her mind. So anyway, so we started writing at about the same time. I think she started end of February kind of a thing. And, uh, and she launched her book by August. I didn't even finish writing the book until the end of, of August or they gave me about six months to write the book and then three more months to do the editing. And my, uh, my editor was horrible. I don't know if I'm all, like, she shouldn't talk crap about my, my publisher, but um, I had to hire another editor because, and that's one of the reasons why I went traditional publish because I was like, okay, great. I'm bad at writing. I already knew that. I want a New York city editor that really knows what they're doing. And I did not feel like I got that. So I had to pay yeah. money from my advance to an editor, which was silly. Um, so that way, and there's still mistakes in it. <laughs> <laughs> so mm -hmm. somebody posted on Amazon, there's a lot of mistakes. And it's like, I know I'm not a writer. Shush. Yeah. <laughs> I hired two editors. So it's not like I didn't try. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that was by the time we actually had the editing and everything like that done, it was October. It was October of that next year. And then I got into, you know, launch mode and, and we actually ended up launching the book um, the week of February 20th. Uh, the next, it was like almost two years. It was ridiculous wow. from April to year. It's crazy how long this thing takes. Yeah. Or that, can that, take. <laughs> you know, it's funny because the whole editing thing, that's actually a lot more common than, than you think. Like, I, I think it was Chris Ducker. Um, we, he was talking on one of these interviews and he did the same exact thing. He hired someone before he sent to his editor. And then Charlie Holm was also talking and was about, I think it was the four hour body when they were working on that. And just how there would be 50 to 80 or a hundred changes that they would have requested. And then they would get back from the editor and they were deleted and not changed. And he would have to cross check. And like, it just gets pretty crazy, which is, I think that part of the whole publishing process is really it's it's there's a lot of gray area there and it really sucks like in terms of how the publishers do that. But well, that's what's crazy. I remember chatting with Chris Gillibo before I went um, to do traditionally published and I was like, so tell me like, which way should I go? And he's like, so just so you know, publishers pretty much just make book covers. <laughs> like they'll, they'll make pretty book covers and that's about it. And I was like, yeah, but I really want the editor. He's like, well, you'll get an editor. You just don't know who you'll get for an editor. And it's like, okay. And then I was like, still, they know more about this book process than I do. So, you know, I'm going to, I want to be in their hands. I want to be able to have somebody tell me and walk me through the process. Thankfully, my agent was pretty good at that. But still, like, it was not, I thought they were going to like hold my hand. I thought they were going to help me with marketing tactics. I thought they were going to help me do something. The marketing, when we, I was in New York City with my people and we were brainstorming uh, marketing tactics. And I'm just sitting there going like, you guys don't know online <laughs> very well at all. They're like, well, we could do a Twitter chat. And I'm like, okay, is that all you, you got? Because 
All right. And you have like 10 more ideas, right? And don't get me wrong. Like they had, I go, what I want is the data from the past, you know, 20 offers that you've launched to find out exactly what the things worked and what didn't work. And they're like, well, we don't really have that in this specific. And I'm going, that's okay. Yeah. But I thought I was going to get access to sort of the data, even if they weren't going to do the marketing side, I thought I was going to get a little bit more access to the data. And I don't, I hate talking but I mean, they were amazing, really sweet, awesome people. Don't get me wrong. Like they're really cool. I'd hang out with them, you know, but it was one of those things where I don't think they had a lot of, I don't know. They just didn't have a lot of pull or say, or, you know what I mean? To, to actually know what this stuff is, which is tough. So I had dived deep into book marketing and all that fun stuff. Got it. And and we'll get into the book marketing in just one second, and then we'll get into kind of the back end stuff um, before we do that. And, and this could take up the rest of the interview. So I want to tread lightly here, but <laughs> Self-published versus published. You you thought about it for a while. You ended up going the self-published route. Would you do it again? Okay, I went traditionally published, by the way, not self-published. But mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there's a couple of things. Now, starting right now, I would totally self-publish from here on out. I think it did add a lot of credibility to me, but it was a huge pain in the butt. Um. If I really wanted to keep speaking, then it would have made sense to do the traditional publish. And I, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that I went that route. I think it was good that I was naive about it all, though, <laughs> because I was going chugging along and thinking that it was okay. Um, but seeing Natalie go through the exact same thing, get, I mean, she makes more per book now. You know what I mean? And it's, I don't really, I don't really feel like I got all that much more out of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I did get, uh, and we were talking a little bit like what actually did a book get me the traditionally published book. They did have a PR firm and I ended up getting like an article with women's health magazine and a bunch of like little PR stuff like into it and stuff like that. So that was fun. Not that I couldn't have hired a PR uh, team anyway, but like Yahoo really paid attention to a traditionally published book. So um, don't get me wrong, I introduced her to Natalie and she had Natalie on Yahoo also and they did a video also, but it wasn't around her book, it was around something else. And so I was able to do, I think we did three videos with Yahoo um, because of that, which, and I was on the homepage of Yahoo three times in three months for that. So, I mean, that was a big, huge leverage point, but I already was friends with her. I'd already been on Yahoo's homepage twice. So it wasn't as though the book gave me that. It just gave a reason for the press to actually pay attention to me. Yay. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, like big press like that, yeah, it sold some books, but not nearly the books that doing the other marketing tactics and stuff did that I was going to do anyway. So, I mean, now, from now on, they they wanted me to sign a three-book contract. So... No. Um, I was like, let's see how the first one goes first and then we'll see from there. Right. Mm -hmm. They want first right of refusal and all that fun stuff. And so, um, yeah, from now on, I mean, we have our own audience. Like there's no reason why I have to give a huge chunk to somebody else. And I, I, to tell you the truth, I mean, me going in and figuring out the, the whole process, it was a pain, but now I know the whole thing. And if you have somebody, I mean, now I know what I should have done better and what they couldn't give me. And I could do that on my own, like without a, you know, second doubt, especially now that I have the foundation with the employees and stuff like that it would be so much easier. So I might even write another book in the future, <laughs> but not right now. 
Now let's get into some of those marketing tactics and some of the stuff that you guys did um, to push books. You talked about Yahoo Finance and how it's good. Maybe didn't push a ton of books, but it was good on the credibility side. What are some things that you feel like actually move books and some things that were a part of that marketing strategy? So having a list of people that love you really helps. <laughs> That's always something good, right? Um, it makes a huge difference to be able to have people that already know who you are, that are ready and waiting, because I seeded as much as I possibly could. Now, my list wasn't huge at the time. I can't even remember what it was. Um, but my goal, and this is what I wrote on my, uh, this is how I got the, the deal, you could say, is because on my um, book proposal, I wrote down all the names of all my friends, and I got them to say how big their list was or how big their social media following was and if they were willing to support me in the book. And then I added that all up and it equaled a million and a half people that I could reach or something like that. And they were like, that, I mean, that's why they're like, sure, we'll give you money. You're going to reach a million and a half people. Because a lot of people that want to write books are like, oh, I want to write a book. It'd be so great. I don't know what I'm going to do to get it out to people, but you know, it, this is going to be good. You know, if you would just get it out there, then it'll be wonderful. Um, and what publishers and what most people want is to already sort of have that reach. And so knowing that we had sort of that, and, and I mean, even though it was two years before, knowing that a bunch of my friends were going to support my book was really, really helpful. So we did a ton of guest posts. We did giveaways. We did... Um, uh, I created a book site. I actually used lead pages to create my book site because Pat Flynn had just created his book site, created a template for lead pages. I was going to spend like three grand on a new site for my book. Lead pages, no problem. So that was like super quick and easy. We did a video um, to promote the book. We, I, I wanted to ask, I asked a bunch of people, I actually did an interview with Jay Bear. I don't know if you've interviewed him yet, but he's got some great marketing tactics um, too. And that's what I went through on, on my interview. I'm so lucky I get to interview bestselling authors. I'm like, okay, so what did you do exactly to the T so I can write it all down, right? Um, so we probably did 50 guest posts on bigger sites. Pat Flynn had me on his um, podcast. I did a ton of podcasts. Um, we were really, we did, um, if they get the book, we'd give them a free, uh, download, which is a whole workbook of the whole book. So there's tons of different things in the book where you actually like write stuff down and you figure it out. Cause I'm all about action, not about just reading information. And so they could download the workbook, even if they didn't get the, um, even if they didn't buy the book. Um, we did a, uh, a webinar that was live. That was like two or three hours long with eight millionaires that we had come on as much as we could. So there was, there was a lot of pieces and parts that we ended up doing. One other crappy thing was though, is that usually when you, you know, you know this, when you want to hit a list, you have to sell a large number of books in a certain period of time. Hmm. Well, <laughs> and, and, uh, and you should actually meet Josh Turner too. He's trying to hit the, um, uh, the Wall Street Journal list right now. And he's going out live, I think next week is when his hits or something like that. So like following him and seeing what he's done, he's almost there, I think, selling the number of books he's, he's doing. Um, but anyway, so <sighs> crappy thing is, there were problems with the publishing, with the um, uh, creating the book, and they postponed it. So we were told that it was going to be February 15th, so that week. Uh, so all of our guest posts were going live then, all of our everything was going live at that time. And they're like, shoot, it's delayed over a week. And so it didn't come out till like the 25th or something like that. And so it was just like, 
it was so hard. So we tried shifting things, but that made it worse because you know, if you, if you try and like pre-orders are good, so that was good, but people weren't pre-ordering cause they couldn't like get the book and all of our things said, Oh, get the book on this date. And they'd go and be like, it's not available. Um, so we tried moving things, but then that made it worse cause it split how much, I mean, we became a number one Amazon bestseller, which is great. Um, even though the publisher wouldn't let me put them in the right categories. Anyway, they priced the book wrong. There was all sorts of hell that we went through. So the, the we I feel like we had a really great strong marketing campaign and everything else just messed it all up. Everything that I did wow. all over. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. So yeah, it was it was good fun. Yeah. <laughs> the publisher kind of screw that up by making every because i mean i you know with the size of audiences and guest posts that you're doing it's not so easy to just say hey just move it back nine days it's like no then i have to move every like i have a schedule you can either go now or go in three months exactly we have months and like i had to be like so where can we fit you in in this time period we only have the and they're like okay well i'll fit you you know what i mean Mm. that's a pain i mean the i mean (laughs) I had a, 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 a post with Daily Worth. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that site. My friend Amanda runs it it's called dailyworth.com. It's for women and money. It's a really popular uh, site. It was great. And that article ended up going on Business Insider. So I was on Business Insider's homepage along with Yahoo's homepage again for that article. Um, so it's great to be able to be part of a, a blog or a really popular place that uh, distributes everywhere because then you can actually get hit in so many other places which is great and it would have worked great if the timing was lovely don't get me wrong we sold a lot of books the uh publisher was happy which is great right yay they screwed all up and now i made them happy wonderful um but it wasn't it wasn't the launch that i really wanted got it now which of of all those things what would you say you spent most of your focus on in terms of the marketing efforts what we were doing um primarily was sending books to a lot of people, which was a, a logistical nightmare, which is why I wish we would have had the, um, <laughs> the team that was rock solid. So I hired new assistant and project manager in January when my book launched in February. I was also moving to Austin at the same time. And, you know, we had sold our house before, so we were technically homeless before we moved here. It was, it was silly. So um, what I spent a lot of time on is getting all the information for these books to be sent out because when we did all these guest posts and and wherever we were we'd send them two books one for a giveaway to their audience and one for them and um when i negotiated my contract and chris gilbo is the one that told me to do this they were going to give me 25 books to give away i'm like 25 books to give away i asked for 400 right so we had a list of 200 people where we could sell send two books a piece to all of them um and it was a logistical nightmare with the publisher too. So that was a huge piece of them trying to get their books before I actually did the guest post or before I went on their show or anything like that. That was a huge pain in the butt, even though the publisher was the one doing it. 
they messed it all up. Books were late. It was anyway, it was silly. Um, but that was the big strategy that we were going to have. We're like, we definitely want to do a giveaway. We want people to be able to have the book in their hands. We want people to be able to talk about it as much as possible. We had a big, um, we had an email. Well, actually, I mean, if I can show you, I don't know if I still have it. I must still have it. Um, cause I don't take these things down, but I have, I had a page that had pictures of the book, pretty much press kit stuff for the book. These are tweets that you should use. And I had a copywriter write all the tweets, you know, all the Facebook things, you just click a link. And we were looking for sort of a, um, a huge push as much as we possibly could. So it was, it was really just getting in front of as many of our audience as we possibly could with the, with the logistics that we had. We didn't put a ton of cash into it. We just put a lot of time mostly. And now which, which of those things do you feel like move the most books? The audiences that sort of knew me already. So Pat Flynn's audience knew me. I'd already done guest posts and he talked about, I'm in his mastermind group. So he had talked about me a lot before. And plus his people are so adoring fans of Pat. So, you know, that moved quite a few books. Um, the hard thing is, again, darn publisher, I don't have access to the data. So they, I didn't even know how many books I sold until two and a half months after it launched. And I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> so I think because a lot of people were like, Oh, I bought the book. I think the really well-trafficked blogs that were friends of mine, I think those were good. But to tell you the truth, I have no idea. And I mean, to this day, they barely sent me anything on it. Like I got a, another check, which is great. I earned out my advance. Yay. But uh, <laughs> like, I have no idea. I don't know what worked marketing wise. Now I do know um, that we got a lot of leads from doing all that stuff. So um, with lead pages, we were trying to figure out some of that, but also we didn't have the analytics really set up in place very well either. We were sort of, we were falling on our face as we were doing this the whole time, like tripping and falling on our face going, let's just, you know, it was, it was crazy. Nuts. And I had a plan way before. It's not like I didn't have a plan. It just didn't really work like we wanted it to. Yeah. I think there's a good lesson in there, whether you're publishing or self-publishing like that kind of stuff will all, always happen in some capacity like it might not be as 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 big as the publisher saying hey we got to move you back by at least a week because that can be crushing um but i think everyone runs into those like for us for our first book it was we were about to submit to the kindle store for kindle side of things and we realized that you couldn't submit a pdf and our book was launching in like two days <laughs> and we're like okay well, we have this really good looking pdf and it doesn't matter this we can't submit this and so then we had to scramble and figure all that out but i think everyone has that at some point and it's just a matter of pushing through that and yeah like you said maybe falling on your face but continually pushing past that well, that's business in general anyway. That was, I mean, <laughs> you know, we fall on our face sometimes and that's totally fine and normal. And you recover. It's not, it's not like I was like, oh my God, my life is over now that I can't, you know, you figure it out and you do the best you can with what you've got. And as long as you can keep moving forward, then that's, I still have the book. And it's amazing. There's still people on Twitter going, oh my gosh, I read your book. It was so awesome. And I forget sometimes that I have a book, but, uh, but it's still there. It's not as though I could, I could even relaunch it again if I, if I really want to. Um, it's not like I can't. So being able to have it as an asset, I think is great, but yeah, it goes crazy. I mean, everybody, when you do any launch, whether it be a book or products or anything, it's always, you know, it's always kind of crazy. There's always issues. And I love that you just talked about it as an asset. And I think that's a perfect segue into the last portion of the interview, which is talking about the monetization aspect. So you talk about the book just now as an asset. And then you also talked about the leads um, a little bit ago. What were some of the things that the book has done for you from a business standpoint? Like how has the book helped you grow your business? 
Well, the credibility side, I guess, is, is really cute. Now, don't get me wrong. I was already on like a bunch of sites, CNN and all those beforehand. So it was great to be able to name drop that. Um, but for clients or people coming in, they're like, oh, she has a book. I'll get the book. See if I even like it. See if I like her um, beforehand. Because it's a really easy way. It's kind of like a tripwire, right? So um, a tripwire, something uh, low price that your audience can really start getting a good handle on you and if they like you and all that fun stuff. And so it's a great way for people to just start get into your space. There's so many people online nowadays. And if you can really show them the credibility, because who trusts anyone online anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so the credibility along with the fact that you have a voice that they actually care about, um, that's huge, right? So being able to really pull that in, especially for me, I spent so long on that book. I mean, I really put my heart and soul into it. And so, and data, as much as I surveyed all the millionaires, that took a really long time. I had to get a hundred people signing waivers saying that it's okay to get in. Anyway, um, so being able to sort of have all that rare and ready to go, I send people to that. I'm like, oh, well, just get my book, read chapter this, and you'll you'll know it. The other really cool thing that books will do for you, and I, I actually highly recommend this to um, one of my clients the other day, not for the book and the credibility, but it makes you take your knowledge and really systematize it, which is amazing. Because before I had a lot of content, I knew a lot, I coached a lot, I really helped people, and I had programs, but I didn't have a very specific format. You know what I mean? step one, step two, step three, step four. And that and the book really made me take all the information, put it in, you know, a jar, shake it up, and then, <laughs> you know, pull out piece by piece, knowing exactly what goes where. And that really helped my brand just in general. So I knew this is my system. So when people ask me stuff, I'll be like, read chapter five of this or read chapter two of this, right? Because each one walks you through what needs to happen. And so I got really clear as far as what I needed to tell people about. Um, and it's just in a really great systematic way. So that was really helpful in general for all my programs, especially for programs that I created afterwards. Because once you create your own book, you're like, okay, great. I can do this exact same thing with my digital products, or I can do this with the other pieces and parts that we have. It just has to, I mean, it's a whole process. And I use Scrivener like crazy with notes absolutely everywhere and so being able to have that was was huge even though you can't necessarily put a number on it or anything like that um it was really huge for even my mindset to be like yeah i took all this and people love it and then i mean i had a client a millionaire um that i've interviewed and a client and uh he read my book and he called me and this was he had already been a client so when the book came out and he was like, that is one of the best books on that subject I've ever read. And I was just like, oh, you know what I mean? To be able to, to hear that from him. And he compared it to a bunch of other books that were out there that are friends of mine. He's like, not as good as this one, not as good as this one. You know what I mean? He's like, yours is better. Um, and so knowing that people that will be my clients will, are reading that same thing was also really, really helpful. It just gives people a one-up on what you're doing. I love that you were talking about like it really forces you to crystallize your message, right? You have to think, what do I actually believe here? And what's the final, this is going to be in print, like crystallize it enough to stand behind what I've written here. Yeah. Um, and, and so you talk about the credibility. What would you say, like, what are some other ways the books made you money on, on the back end? Um, I mean, like I said, so my, the way that my model is, is I have group coaching programs. I have one-on-one and I have digital products, right? Mm -hmm which is great. So, um, so to me, that's what I want. We definitely put links in the book for leads. 
So you can actually, um, one of the millionaires I interviewed has a hypnosis um, company. And so I have like guided meditations that she gave away that you have to go and download. So I get leads that way. So they're continually sending leads that way. And, and they're really well qualified. If someone's going to read your book and then go to your website, they're well qualified leads, right? To be able to, to pull some of that stuff up. But it's the back end that makes me the money. I mean, the thing is, is that the book, I mean, that's the thing that was really difficult in general is to go, how much money am I getting? That's not a lot of money. <laughs> from the book mm-hmm. um, you made I'm pretty sure some of your books made more than my you know my um my book ever did I think I'm getting like 20 cents a book I swear something stupid like that <laughs> yay 20 cents uh, but it definitely it definitely builds credibility for the back end so we have a whole funnel set up on the back end side where once they read the book and they understand like who I am I really try and explain how I can help people so the book really is the first part of the funnel, which shows people, especially if they have a day job, because again, I had the uh, high day job, I quit, I never thought I'd be able to start my own business, I started my own business, um, I showed how millionaires all started their own business and what the, the tactics were, and, um, and so and then we lead you from there, where we have a digital program that can either help you start a business better than just having the book, right? Um, and then I lead you along once you have a business, all the other products and services that we have. So the money comes the money comes from the back end. I mean, no, like the book is just the beginning. And I remember my mentor was like, Oh, I've always wanted a book. I worked with him as a business coach, you know, the very, very beginning offline working with like plumbing companies from Maine and like, you know, hard, hardcore, like offline businesses. And, um, he kept saying, I really want a book. I really want a book. And I'm like, why do you, why do you want a book? And he was just like, because when you can really build up that credibility and, and don't get me wrong, he had no online presence at all. So for him, building up a book and being able to push a book out there and really get it to a lot of people, especially like locally, not even just online, um, was huge for him because the amount of money he would make from that side was awesome. Thankfully, we sort of have this, I mean, I sort of already had a funnel beforehand, um, but the book is just the very beginning piece that builds the credibility a little bit better. And so you talked about the group coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the digital products, all those things, which would you say was the biggest driver of revenue that was driven from the book on the back end? That's a good question. Um, what we ended up doing was taking the leads and just putting it in the funnel. So I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I mean, our biggest, our biggest program is our group coaching program. Um, and we run people through, it's just insane. I utterly love uh, that program. It started right after the book launched. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that had been going for a long time before the book talks about creating mastermind groups and getting mentors. And I have a pro I have a digital product on that. So it probably sold some of those also, but again, tracking is worth crap, especially going, <laughs> we, we weren't smart enough to put, we, we definitely put sp- separate links from it, but we didn't have any like tracking from where they came from at the time. Again, foundation pieces, which would have been good to have. <laughs> Yay good to know now. Um, but the group, co- I, I have a feeling the group coaching program, I mean, I even had people in the group coaching program, um, that are in it now. This is a three month program. It's called millionaire hustlers. Um, and we make people hustle really freaking hard for three months. Cause we're all entrepreneurs are all squirrel like, right. They're all over the place. <laughs> and so we whip you into shape a little bit. And so, I mean, even people in the program that are going through it right now are like, Oh, I read your book. I was like, Oh, what'd you do with it? And they're like, 
well, I mean, I, I thought this was good. I really want to start a mastermind group. And I'm like, but did you? <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. no, nobody does anything from books. I mean, that's the thing that sucks, which is why it's great to be able to sell programs afterwards. Cause I can be like, you love this stuff. You're just not going to make yourself do it. So let me make you do it or help you do it. I can't make anybody. Do it. <laughs> I, I kick people in the butt um, in order to help them achieve the goals that they want. So everything that came from the book, almost everything is in my coaching program about goal setting and focus and, and KPIs and figuring out this thing. These are the things millionaires do. And so the, the coaching program really goes, okay, if you want to do the stuff millionaires do come in here and we'll help you do the stuff millionaires do at the same time with a great, uh, you know, bunch of other people that are doing it. So that was a great lead in. I wish I had had that program running before I started the book though. I would have really angled I mean, that's one of the reasons why I probably would have waited too. I would have angled the book way more into that if I could have, because um, I was it was just a little bit all over the place. I didn't have that as a core program beforehand. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Now, what was one unexpected revenue stream that when you you did the book, you said, "I didn't, I didn't think this," but then after the fact, you're like, "Whoa, this came from the book." What was one unexpected? Revenue I don't. Know. That's the thing. I don't know what came from the book. It's so sad. I don't even know. So don't get me wrong. The marketing around the book and the leads and stuff like that did. I don't know. Like, I can't. I wish we had, like, more numbers on going, oh, we sold this many books and this many people in the funnel. Um, But that wasn't the way that it was really set up. I mean, I ended up doing a lot of affiliate. So my list grew, right? When you do any big push with anything, you know what I mean? Your list grows. Um, And then we started doing a lot more affiliate stuff. I mean, we did a lot of affiliate stuff with you, which was awesome. And so the bigger your list is, the more chance you have to be making affiliate. Like we would do webinars um, every other month with an affiliate that we, that I loved. It took a good thing. I knew you beforehand Chandler because otherwise, you know, (laughs) (laughs) was an affiliate for us and did amazing. Right. And I mean, there was a guy on your webinar that, um, that just listened to the webinar and, and got like a number one book. And now I think he's like working with you guys or something like that. Like it's, <laughs> it's amazing to see when you give a lot of value. And that's what was amazing to have all these leads of people coming in and going, Oh, I kind of like you, you know, they're, they're still kind of cold. They come in on a book. They're like, ah, but if they stay on the list long enough, you can have them as fans for life. And so I'm sure that the big push for the book really, sold a lot. I just don't have any tracking on it, but affiliates works. I mean, really, really well too. I, we started really doing affiliates after the book too. It was because the book was just so crazy and intense. I was just like, I had so much going on. And that's the thing that I love about you guys' stuff or Natalie's stuff is it didn't, it wasn't a big deal. Like I have friends that wrote a book in a weekend and I'm like, what the heck? I mean, how, how does somebody do, I don't know. I was doing a chapter a week for a really long time and don't get me wrong. I was only working 20 hours a week. Um, but I see some people just, you know, take the two year process that I have and make it down in like three months. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I could have done that in three months, but I took two years. I mean, the revenue of my business sort of stalled, not stalled, but like didn't grow as much as I wanted it to, because I was focused so much on dealing with the publisher and all of anyway. Yes. It was kind of crazy. So, um, there were definite, uh, unexpected things for sure. Um, and being able to be in a lot of press. I mean, actually one of the things that women's health magazine that I ended up getting, they paid me like 1200 bucks for an article. I was like, really? And I had someone else ghostwrite it for me. So I paid like <laughs> hundred bucks and that was like a good thousand dollars I made from not doing it. That's anything. great. That was fun. Um, yeah. yeah. And so final, 
Final thing I'll ask is now that you've been through this process, um, you, you've, you've learned, made mistakes, did some things really well. Um, what would be your, your parting tip for people who are thinking about writing a book? Learn from someone else who's done it before. I mean, and I know this is sort of cliche, right? Cause I know this is what you guys do. Um, but I really, it took me a lot of time. Nobody had anything available then. This is like dating myself, right? It was only like three years ago that I started the book process. The book launched a year and a couple months ago. It's not like it's old in any way. Um, but nobody was really teaching you how to do any of this stuff at the time. And so I was just grasping at straws, asking as many people as I could, and they had conflicting advice. <laughs> and I was just like, I wish somebody had done what I did. So I wish somebody interviewed 200, you know what I mean? People said, okay, what works and what doesn't work right now in book publishing? And then just tell me what to do. Or I should have just hired someone because it was, it was just utterly insane to go through that whole process and to try and learn. And so being able to have somebody there that can just sort of whip you into shape like I do with my group coaching program, that would have probably been, been better. But that's what I thought the publisher was going to do for me. And they just, it just, they didn't. And so being able to have that, um, that sort of kick in the pants of knowing what you need to know, because there's so many tactics that you can try that won't work. And that's what we ended up doing. We did, I just feel like we, especially on the marketing side, we did so many pieces that weren't fruitful. Right. And I'm like, well, that wasn't worth my time in any way, shape or form. And I didn't know that until you test it. And so learning from other people so that way you don't waste your time. Even it's not even the mistake thing. I don't mind making mistakes. I hate wasting time. That's such a, such a big thing for me. And so if you can, can make that faster and not waste your own time, that's what I would suggest. Great. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on, sharing the journey, sharing the story of how you went through the whole book writing process and got it out there and what it's done for your business. Really appreciate that. I think people have gotten a lot out of this. And before we, before we run here, where can people find out more info about you and where's the best place to go? So if you go to eventualmillionaire.com, um, we have all of the interviews live on the site. If you want to see the book site, so you can see what I made in lead pages, it's theeventualmillionaire.com. I know, very original, theeventualmillionaire.com. And it has pictures of the book and what that looks like. And you can sort of see the marketing pieces on that too. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks so much, Chandler. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help this podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write 
how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.